Welcome back to another episode of Miyazaki and Me. I'm Kyle. And I'm Shane. And in this episode, we're going over the 2010 release of The Secret World of Arietti. Starring uh, the dad, from uh, Ron Reasley's dad. Um, and, crap, I don't remember the movie The Borrowers enough to make this joke. Yeah, wasn't John Goodman in that movie, too? Or am I, think I thinking John something Goodman else? Was in that. I think John Goodman was in that movie. That could have been the Indian in the cupboard, though. Yeah, so I can't remember. Kind of like that. The, yeah, it was similar timing. and, uh, But yes, this is an adaptation of The Borrowers. Uh, but it is done Studio Ghibli style. Uh, and I actually kind of really liked this movie. It was a lot of too. fun. Uh and yeah, I was just I was I was really happy, like kind of overall of just like, oh wow, this was fun. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, wait, I gotta do my my thing. Uh The Secret World of Arietti, or how I stopped worrying and learned to love not dying of cancer or whatever that kid was dying of. <laughs> yeah, what oh it was it was like a heart disease, yeah. Heart heart disease. Yeah. He basically had a hole a hole in his heart. Um it but was filled by Arietti? uh but before we get into the movie itself uh we gotta as always give context for our animation timeline and so this is 2010 so this was the same time that uh how to train your dragon came out uh shrek forever after which i wasn't a good movie i think is the only shrek movie i have not seen you're fine uh, but then we had two very good movies, and that would be Tangled. Oh, love Tangled. And Toy Story 3. Okay, so three of those four are good movies. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of Despicable Me. Um, but yes, How to Train Your Dragon, Tangled, and Toy Story 3 are all... Wait, there. you didn't... I missed Despicable Me. That was on there, too? Oh, yeah, that's Despicable. also a great movie. Okay, that was good. Okay. Like I've I've just never been a f- big fan of it, but mm-hmm. you know it's it's not bad. Um, it's yeah. just it wasn't my, you know it's it it would be the fourth, you know, of those mm-hmm. four of those four movies that I listed that I'd seen. Um, and on the television side, uh, this was actually the start of Adventure Time. Adventure Time, come on, grab your friends. We'll go to a very distant lands. I've, I've watched a few. Yeah, a few a few episodes. Uh Generation Rec Generator Rex. Uh another uh, I've heard of, of that, but I don't I I've never watched it. Yeah, another Man of Action Studios, uh with like Ben Ten and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic for all the bronies out there. Friendship is magic. Yeah. Uh and Young Justice. Never heard of it. Of course you haven't. Um uh, King. Yeah. Uh Young Justice was quite good. Uh probably not as good and not as influential as Adventure Time, but you know. It's it's also an apples and oranges comparison for sure. So it it is, yeah. Uh but so so my first note on Arietti itself was just the fact that it's like, all right, how many Studio Ghibli movies start off with our main characters? going somewhere like yeah it, it, it is a lot of changing like somebody is changing scenery right away 
yeah, like My Neighbor Totoro, Spirited Away, you know, Kiki's kind of starts with, you know, moving away and finding your own own place in the world. Um, Ocean Waves did a little bit. You know, before yesterday is all about a vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, that you could you could tell, even though this was not directed by Hayao Miyazaki, he was much more influential and had a lot more of his hand in this film than previous films that he did not direct for Studio Ghibli. I. I... Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, yeah, this one was directed by uh, Hiromasa Yonobayashi, um, who was actually the youngest person to direct a Studio Ghibli film at 36 years old. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, and I think he did a good job. Yeah, did did um, a really good job. Um, uh, do you know off the top, uh, do, does Hiromasa uh, end up directing any other Ghibli movies going forward? Uh, he is the director, uh, for, uh, 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 wait, Mary and the Witch's Flower is not Studio Uh, Ghibli. Uh, I always forget that. When, uh, when Marnie Uh, was was there, uh, is Studio Ghibli though. Yes. Yep. Remembered, I remembered Mary and the Witch's Flower and then I was like opening his IMDb page to see if I could think of, I was like, I can't think, I know there's something else, but yeah. Yep. Um, and, and also like, this was a, a great example of someone working up. Um, because they were, you know, previously uh, in between animator and key animators for stuff like My Neighbors the Yamadas, Spirited Away, Howl's Moving Castle, uh, actually assistant animation director for Tales for Earthsea, uh, and then key animation for Ponyo, and yeah, directors and storyboard unit uh, and storyboards for Secret World of Arietti. Uh, now this film was, I mean, it was it was a it was a commercial. It was a box office success. I mean, this film made a lot of money. Oh yeah, it um, made a lot of money. Like the the budget, I saw the budget breakdown was like twenty six million, and it made a hundred and forty six or twenty. Okay, so the budget was twenty three million, and it ended up making a hundred and forty six million in the box office. I, and I think a lot of that was not in the U.S. Okay. Um, I don't think it did a whole lot in the U.S. Honestly, um, I'm trying to see if I can find those those numbers, but I'm just getting a lot of French numbers for some reason. Uh, because I mean, I think it had to do with the fact that there was so many animated films that year that it kind of slipped through the cracks in the U.S. While uh, other countries really flock to it a bit more yeah and there, uh, actually i looked up uh there uh oddly enough was actually a separate uh uk audio release of this uh, i was i was gonna bring that up because i would argue that it had a better voice cast and i yeah I, I, I just saw the the uk cast and it's like oh wow this was uh yeah uh sorcha ronan um Tom Holland, Olivia Coleman, uh, Mark Strong. Yep. You know, love love Mark Strong. Uh, yeah, the, they the the UK cast was was very good. I mean, no, 
the the U.S. cast isn't bad either. I mean, Amy Poehler's in there, Will Arnett's in there, Carol yeah. Burnett, um, and then they've got some some lesser names in the in the the two lead roles. Uh, yeah. In fact, I think the lead only has one. Only, this is the only thing she's done. But um, and the other and the, the male lead is Ted Mosby's son on How uh, How I Met Your Mother. The guy sitting on that oh, couch. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Um, but. Yeah, I just I kind of wish that we that that they had the Studio Canal version on on yeah, HBO Max, yeah, not the uh, not the Disney. Yeah, because that would have been really interesting. Because like we we all know now, like you know Tom Holland, you know he can make you cry with you know just a few words. So like him playing, you know, show or or Sean in the, in this adaptation, it's like oh. Yeah. That would have been like he would have very much pulled on those heartstrings. I I will say like right off the start, the things that took me out of this the most were the Americanizations that they they added in in certain spots. Okay. Uh, and it was like like him being named Sean was weird to me, uh, and it might just be because I watch, I uh, you know we've watched all all of this stuff up till now, and we and we watch so much like Sean's not a normal name and. and uh japanese in in jap yeah in japan yeah in japanese cinema um but like the thing that i I, and i mean yes first off that this this thing i'm going to mention is literally the end of the movie but that song at the end of the film where it's just suddenly some weird pop song playing like it was jarring like i was like Uh, yeah and i was done paying attention and also i'm just like what the hell is happening right now uh and that that pop song was sung by uh, the lead, the lead, uh, uh, Arietti's voice actress. Oh, that was by uh, Bridget Mendler. Yep, yep, Bridget Mendler, because she is she is a, a recording artist. That's um, why this is her only role. Okay. Yep. Um, Makes sense. But yeah, I uh, I I saw that, and it was like 2010. Why is why in 2010 does this feel like a Natasha Benningfield like ripoff song. It it definitely did because I was like, are, why is unwritten playing? <laughs> you know, I literally uh, after I finished watching it, I turned on the Japanese version and just fast forwarded to the end because I was like, do they put a weird song at the end of this one too? And it's like, nope, they just continue with the the song that felt like a fit in the movie. Okay, all right, yeah, I was wondering about that, and that that makes a lot of sense. Um, but to me like also the the animation as as a film nerd as well uh you you don't see it very often but literally as you're um as sean first arrives to the house and we get to see you know the plants and it's it's a close-up of like a ladybug or something and then i want to say it rack focuses back to arietti um mm-hmm. and i i just loved that i was like oh we don't get to see that many you know rack focuses in animation um because it's a very difficult thing to do because you know even though you do have separation in the plates you don't have that much separation to be able to do you know a move like that um so it, it was it was kind of cool of like, oh, wow, they just did a rack focus. Like, I'm, that's really interesting to me. Well, my initial thought, too, was that this had the it resembled a lot of 
Studio Ghibli like animation wise before, but it looked more crisp. It looked more yes. clean. Yeah, yeah, uh, I was, was going to say that. So far, uh, and that was and that was really neat. to like it, it, like especially like when the crickets came bouncing up, and I was just like that. Those crickets look surprisingly real and cool. Like I, I, I really dug the animation in this movie. Um, yeah, well, and and I it, it actually reminds me a little bit because because I want to say we said the same thing about uh whisper of the heart and it's like i think i think we we've now seen this transition of like you know the the animators that studio ghibli have are are all very brilliant and and i think when they you know aren't under the direct guide of like directorial of of Hayao Miyazaki, but Miyazaki's still part of the production and helping things move along as a producer. Um, it honestly feels like things almost churn out a little better, like animation wise, like storytelling wise. We all know that, you know, Hayao is, you know, a master storyteller. So, yes. Oh, you know, th- that, that's his strength, but yeah, it's like, it feels like some of these other directors, I think have more of a focus on the actual animation um than than he does yeah and i would and i would agree with that i i think that i think that it, it just it crispens up um and and what's nice is that we're seeing a lot of animators that you can tell have worked on multiple movies with them grow because you can see the changes from the previous films yep to this one like like as you said we mentioned in whisper of the heart well while in Whisper of the Heart, it did still feel like they had some of that um, hand-drawn stationary background. Well, this one, everything looked like it could move. Like everything yep. looked like it was something that could be could be uh, taken out of the spot it was in. It was nothing was stationary anymore, um, and that that added uh, especially to a movie based off the Borrowers, where they're talking about taking things, like well, borrowing things. Um, yep. That that it was it it added to me to to what was not not just the the animation but what was going on in the movie yeah it was it was yeah like brilliantly animated like as always i like i love i love the studio ghibli like color palette um yes you know like we said we've had a few movies that kind of strayed away from it but you can you can tell like this one definitely is like no this is this is what we do (laughs) Also, I mean, to jump back into the plot kind of thing, I like that the idea of this movie in the end wasn't like uh, wasn't like everything's going to go back to status quo. It was straight up like, no, you did mess up and everything's going to change for us now. But, you know, we're going to be OK. Yeah. Yeah. And, like like I, I was almost wondering, like, OK, are we just going to like it almost would feel like a cop out of. Oh, they're all just gonna move back in and just move into the dollhouse, you know? And it's like, ah, uh, like character wise that doesn't feel like it would fit. Like it would be a happier ending, yes, but mm-hmm. it it doesn't feel as earned. Yeah, and like the idea is just like I heard that someone else had been missing things and it made me smile, but like it's not yeah, that they, they didn't I also was worried that they were setting up like a love story between this giant person and this tiny woman. 
Except, luckily, they brought in a little a little boy that uh, that was also a borrower. That in my mind, like the mom was pushing, but like it's the only other male of our species. You must go and breed. Yeah, it's like um, you, you must procreate with this uh, very kind of broken English, uh, almost a little too stereotypical, uh, like caricature style. Mm-hmm. Um, See if he wants some tea in that vajayjay. Yeah. Um. Which felt a little gross to me, but yeah, yeah. Kind of, there was kind a, there was a couple things in this movie that that made me cringe too, like when the when the the dad when the when the mom was worried about something and he the dad was like just stop being hysterical and I'm just like come on That's yeah not... yeah D- yeah it's like oh like you sure you want to use that phrase especially since uh, like a scene down the line in the movie he straight up says the thing that she was being hysterical about has to happen because yeah. she was worried that they were going to have to move. And he's like, don't be hysterical. And then like the next scene, he's like, all right, we're going to have to move. And I was like, all right, dude, you... yeah, this, this stoic dad role is just, it's playing it, itself out in my, in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then uh, also one of the more like little adult jokes that I actually enjoyed though, was when the, the towards the end of the film, when the, the other aunt, because he's staying with his two aunts, correct? Um, one was for sure. An one aunt. was for uh, sure the, the aunt, and like it was a friend of the aunt or something. But the the one that captures the mother, and is talking about, you know, I finally found these little people, and the response is just like, "Are have you gotten into the sherry again?" Yeah. Yep. Well, that was that was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, this movie it felt, you know, it it was sweet. It 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 flowed pretty pretty well. It did feel a little slow at times, but yeah, not to the point where it was bothersome. Because um, I mean, the movie was only an hour and a half long, so it didn't it didn't drag on. Yeah, I was going to say it's, um, it's it's one of the shorter films we've reviewed thus far, you know, which is why like I don't have a ton of notes because like. You know, we've got, you know, Keiko Not Niwa as as the, you know, other script writer along with Hayao Miyazaki. Um, and we've talked about her before. Her uh you know, it's it's very much just a we got the 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 template set for for the studio kind of moving forward and like, you know, if these are are the quality that we can now deliver even when when Hayo himself is not directing, like that's a good thing. Like moving forward, mm-hmm. you know, because like I've I've heard you know fairly decent things about from up on from up 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 the Poppy Hill. Um, I've heard then, some good things about that too. I'm yep. excited to check that. And then, and then, Wind Rises, and then as Wind well. Rises is next, and then when Marnie is was there. Her, which you know is the same director as this, which gives me kind of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know we've got looks like a solid you know trio of films after this to to review. Um, you know we we obviously dip a little bit uh, at the tail end with uh, Earwig and the Witch. But we don't. We, we've already reviewed that though. Yeah, but we've already reviewed that, and also like we can't really fault. Ghibli a lot because like it it kind of you know earwig 
had the same growing pains as when you know Disney tried to start moving into 3D. You know. It was an experiment. Yeah. Uh, and and like I said, when we watched it, like it's not necessarily a bad story. It just felt weird. Um, and it felt incomplete. Yep. So. Um, but yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed. And again, on the production side, like I like that they they've been playing with a few fun production stuff. Um, so when the crow attacks Arietti and gets stuck in the window, I I loved as a as a choice just dropping out the sound and as the wings are flapping and everything like you get all this this you know crazy cawing and flapping and then just the sound drops out completely and it's like oh that was a like a really cool like moment that we don't get that often in animated movies because it always feels like you know something has to keep happening and you know, we've got to have a score going here and there. And it's like, nope, this is going to be silent. And you're just going to be terrified for Arietti and hope she can get out of this. I'm going to say I did not even notice that they did that. Oh, really? I didn't. I did not notice the sound dropped out. Um, I think I was just I was I enjoyed that scene. I thought it was ex- an exciting scene. Uh, so I think I was just into it. So I didn't it didn't even occur to me that that, that they did that. Okay. Um, so, uh, we also have, uh, in talking about, uh, some new, uh, new people, uh, we had a new, uh, composer for this film, uh, Cecilia Corbal, um, who's actually a, uh, French, uh, composer, uh, who has done, uh, so far it just looks like, like, Arietti is her only, um, it's only Ghibli. Ghibli. Uh, but I, I enjoy I enjoyed the music for for this one as well. Yeah, like, yeah. It, I think everything flowed really well with the music. It did, it all fit in with with everything very very uh, evenly and smoothly. So the music never felt out of place, except for and that's why at the end of the English version, it felt so jarring that there was for the first time a song out of place. <laughs> Yeah, I could see that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like I said, I, I very much enjoyed it, this, and yeah, it just felt, you know, because because it was it was a similar to, you know, our 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 Joe Hizayashi scores that we've gotten used to, but like a little different. But yeah, not not so different that it was jarring. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I read that uh that she actually uh sent uh sent her album to Studio Ghibli um for uh Toshio Suzuki to listen to and uh that that's why he decided to hire her cuz she was a big fan and she was just like I got I'm going to send him this. Yeah. So, I thought that was kind of a fun. Yeah, that's really cool. And and uh, it's like I like that they are broadening out um yes. you know and bringing in more you know, different voices. Like that's, that's really cool. Um, but I mean, this is another weird one where I, I liked it, but I don't, I don't really have a lot to say. I mean, it's, it's the story of the borrowers. So if anybody's read the book or saw that movie, it's nothing, it doesn't feel new. Um, which also might be a thing with, with why American audiences weren't as into it because, 
you know, the the Borrowers movie was was fairly big when I was a kid here. Yeah, yeah, I want to say like, yeah, let's let's double check with that. Um Yeah, we had the it was a 19 oh, it was 1997. Um and yes, John Goodman was in that movie. Um uh, John yeah. Goodman was okay. Yep. And then yeah, yeah the the lead borrower was uh was the the dad uh, Ron Weasley's dad, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Tom uh, Tom Felton. Yes. Oh no, that's that's No, Malfoy. Tom Felton Draco Malfoy. Yeah, that's Draco. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um uh no, it's uh I don't remember what Ron Weasley's dad's name is. Uh yes, he yes, he he wasn't uh Mark Williams, yep. Yeah, yes. that's a really fun really fun cast like yeah john goodman jim broadbent um who's the dad who like for american audiences he's the dad in hot fuzz he's also slugworth in uh in the harry potter movies just yeah, to continue but, with that. yeah. Uh, okay fine um and hugh, just, uh... and, and hugh laurie Oh, Mark Williams was the exterminator. Yes, that's he was the exterminator. Right. Yep. Oh, he was the other bumbling uh, uh, goof guy. Yes. Okay. Okay. I, re- I now that I'm looking at the a picture from this movie, I fully remember this movie. But yeah, um, and I think that was one of the reasons why I didn't watch Arietti because I was just like, I remember Star Wars. That was a, that's yeah. a good movie. I don't need it. I don't need to see another one. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's very very different. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we get like it's a, it's a, you get the world and like those types of characters, but yeah, you don't. It's not yeah, it's not the exact same story, which was nice. Yeah, and then so yeah, so our next film uh, will be. Uh, from up on, uh, from up the Poppy Hill. Up on that Poppy Hill. Yeah. Um, so 2011. So so we've got quicker uh, turnaround because you know we don't have the same directors. Uh, but this one, this one's Goro. Goro's back and not getting yelled at by his dad. Goro's back much. to be love me, daddy. Yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, so so that'll be an interesting yeah. Like I said, so we've got that. We've got the wind rises, and then uh, as I'm scrolling through, I also have the animation timeline in our notes, and it was like, and then Paw Patrol, and it's like that's not that's not a Studio Ghibli film. That's a wow. Film. We only have four Ghibli films left, don't we? Yeah, yeah. We yeah we huh. just have yeah Poppy Hill, Wind Rises, and when Marnie was there. No, and Princess Kaguya. Oh, and Princess Kaguya. Oh, yeah, four, four left. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. We're oh, to the yeah. End of I've got, I've got Wind Rises and Princess Kaguya together in my notes because they were because uh, the same year, uh, same year, and same. Uh, they were at at some points released as a double feature. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Interesting. Oh, this is the. Uh, this will be. Uh, we'll be ending this podcast here pretty soon. Well, this iteration of this podcast. This iteration. Once, yeah. Unless we take a multi-month break again, uh, no. which you know, sorry about that. You know, life happens. We're sorry. Oopsies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we will be back more more regularly. Uh, still every two weeks. 
Like don't yep. don't don't get carried away here. But uh uh but yeah, because I mean we've got to watch movies and and take notes, you know, we don't want to overdo it. Yeah. And uh I mean check out the back catalog of my my other podcast which I haven't released in a while as well because life finds uh finds a way. Yep. Um uh the animaniacs and uh uh go to character work and you'll find uh, the five star movie podcast under character work. Yep. Yep. I got yeah, I got both those links in the in the episode description and you can find all my other stuff on, you know, knocked out films uh and knockedoutentertainment.com. Uh so yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Be good to each other.